The Mishnah is now going through a list of different Adorim which one might make, and what is included in each Neder. And we have seen that the main principle is that we follow Loshen B'nei Odom. The way that people generally use those words, what do they refer to, that is what defines what is included in the Neder. Which means that even if in the Torah a word is used in one particular way, and people use that word in a different way, when it comes to the Nadarim, we go according to how people speak. Now the word Yiloidim, as well as the word Noilodim, these are two words which are used in the Torah, and both of them have two meanings. Sometimes it refers to people who have been born already in the past, and sometimes it refers to people who are born in the future. And that applies both to the word Yiloidim and Noilodim. In Tanakh, they're used to mean sometimes those who are born in the past, and sometimes to refer to those who will be born in the future. However, that's relevant to us, because we go according to Lashem B'nei Adam. So the Mishnah says that Hanoidim and Hayiloidim, one who makes a neder not to benefit from Yiloidim, in Lashem B'nei Adam, that only refers to people who were born in the past. And therefore, Mutar Banoiladim, he is permitted to benefit from those who will be born in the future. When Hanoiladim, if he makes a neder against Noiladim, so in, in Lashem B'nei Adam, this refers to both people who have been born in the past and to those who will be born in the future. And therefore, also by Yeloidim, which we're going to translate to mean that he's forbidden to benefit even from those who will be born in the future. So if both those who are born already and those who will be born in the future, he will be forbidden to benefit from. So that's the opinion of the Tanakhama, that Yeloidim refers to those who have been born already, and Yeloidim refers to both those who are born already and who will be born in the future. Now, Rabbi Meir Matir, after Yeloidim, and listen carefully to how we're going to translate this, Rabbi Meir holds that even in a case of Yeloidim, where someone makes a nether against Nolodim, even in that case he's not forbidden against everything, rather he's permitted to benefit from those who have been born already. Just like one who makes a nether against Yeloidim, he's only forbidden in one category, it doesn't mean two things. He's only forbidden to benefit from those who have been born already. So too, when it comes to one who makes a nether against Nolodim, it only refers to one category, namely those who will be born in the future. But according to Rumeir, Nolodim does not include those who have been born in the past. The Chachom, I mean the Chachom say a third opinion now, that the word Nolodim doesn't refer to those who have been born in the past, doesn't refer to those who have been born in the future, rather This person only intended to make a neder against a species who give birth to the child itself. There are certain animals who lay eggs and then the animal comes from the egg. Whereas there are certain species, including human beings, who give birth to the child himself. So we've got a three-way machlekes as to what Nolodu includes. According to the Tanakama, it includes both those who have been born in the past and those born in the future. According to Meir, it includes only those who are born in the future. And according to the Chachon, it includes any human and any animal if it's a species who gives birth in a regular way, and not by laying eggs. And it includes the entire species. Mr. Yud, the Kusim was a nation who converted en masse to become Jewish, and for many years the status of the Kusim and their conversion was under a state of doubt. They accepted most of the Torah, but not all of Torah Shabal Peh, and so there are many Mishnayas throughout Shas which imply that they were considered to be full Jews, whereas other Mishnayas, which go according to other Tanoim, hold that they were not considered to be Jews. Now, ultimately it was discovered that they still worshipped Avedazara, idolatry, and once I was discovered, so they were pronounced to be not Jewish all along. But according to this Mishnah, which was written before that was discovered, 
the Kusim's conversion was considered to be valid. And so the Mishnah says, Hanoidim Shosei Shabbos. When he makes a neder against those who are obligated to keep Shabbos, also be Yisrael, also be Kusim. He's forbidden to benefit from both a regular Jew and a Kusi. Since according to this, this Mishnah, their conversion was a real conversion, and so they are obligated to keep Shabbos. Now, there was a custom that they would eat garlic on Friday nights at the meal. This was instituted by Ezra HaSefer, that at the Shabbos meal on Friday night, they would eat garlic, so that was a general custom. So if somebody made a neder against those who eat garlic on Friday nights, also be Israel, the Osobakusim. Again, he is forbidden to benefit from both a regular Jew and a Kusi, even though this custom is not written in the Torah itself. And the Kusim generally only kept that which was written in the Torah itself. Nevertheless, they did take on this custom, and therefore it does include the Kusim. However, if somebody makes a nether against the early Yerushalayim, those who go up to Yerushalayim, to the Beis HaMikdash, also be Yisrael, the Mutur Kusim, he's forbidden to benefit from a regular Jew, but he's permitted to benefit from Kusim, since that was one of the things which the Kusim did not accept. They had their own temple on Hargarizim. This was later discovered to be a temple of, of, of Adizara. But the point is, they didn't go up to Yerushalayim, and therefore Ole Yerushalayim would not include them. If somebody says, I make a neder that I'm not going to benefit from a Ben Noach, a descendant of Noach. Now, technically speaking, everybody is a descendant of Noach. However, the Mishnah says that this term does not include Jews. He's permitted to benefit from a Jew, and it's only forbidden to benefit from non-Jews. The reason being, there is a different term used to refer to Jews. And that is that we're the descendants of Avraham Avinu and the Ovis. Once Avraham Avinu became the first Jew, him and all of his descendants now have a new level of sanctity and Kedusha, such that we're no longer traced back to Noach, but it was like a new beginning from Avraham Avinu. And at least in Lashem Odom, Ben Noach refers to a non-Jew, whereas if somebody says, that I'm not going to benefit from the descendants of Avraham, also Israel is forbidden to benefit from a Jew, and he is permitted to benefit from non-Jews. And this includes those who are descendant from Yishmael and Esau. They're included in non-Jews. Even though technically speaking, they are also descendant from Avraham, the Torah says that only the Jewish people who are descendant from Yitzchak, ki Yitzchak that the descendants of Avraham Avinu only refer to those who came via Yitzchak, and as well as that, the Torah says Yitzchak, which implies that not all of the descendants of Yitzchak, but only part of the descendants of Yitzchak, and that's how we learn that only those who are descended from Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, only they are known as Zera Avraham. Now what happens when somebody says, Israel? He makes a nether not to benefit from other Jews. So now when he comes to buying or selling things from or to a Jew, we're talking about things which don't have an especially high demand or an especially low demand, but it's a regular product. So when it comes to a regular product which somebody sells to somebody else, we view it as both the seller and the buyer are benefiting from this sale. So he wouldn't be able to buy or sell anything with another Jew. Unless, he buys it for more than it's worth, and more than it's generally sold for, or he would sell the Jew something for less than it's generally worth. That way it's not considered to be a benefit from the other person, because he's really losing out. It's true that ultimately he's getting the other person's item, or he's getting the other person's money, but he lost out by doing so. And therefore it's not considered to be that he is benefiting from the Jew. What happens if he made a neder, she's strong then in Lee? that other Jews cannot benefit from me. So in that case, 
Now the only way he can solve the problem is that he'll have to buy something for less than it's worth or sell it for more than it's worth. If they'll listen to him, if he finds somebody who's willing to do that, which they probably won't be because they'll just find somebody else who they can buy and sell for the regular price. Since they're forbidden to benefit from him, the only way that they could do a sale is if they lose out, so they're unlikely to want to do that. Alright, and if he says, that I won't benefit from them and they won't benefit from me, he'll have to benefit from and towards non-Jews and he'll have no way of buying and selling from other Jews. Because in every sale, it either benefits both of them or one of them. But we never view it as if the sale doesn't benefit any of them. And if he would only be able to sell and buy things with non-Jews. Alright, now what happens if somebody says, <laughs> Makes a nether not to benefit from Arelim. Now Arelim generally refers to somebody who has not had a bris milah. However, the Mishnah says, Mutter ba'arle Yisrael, he is permitted to benefit from a Jew who has not had a bris milah. The Osr b'mulei ha'umais. And he's forbidden to benefit from a non-Jew who has got a bris milah. Reason being that it's true that according to its literal meaning, it refers to somebody who has not had a bris milah. But in Lashem Bani Adam, it refers to non-Jews. On the other hand, if somebody says, makes a nether not to benefit from those who have had a bris milah, also by Israel, he's forbidden to benefit from a Jew who has not had a bris milah. Because again, this word refers to Jewish people. To Jewish men, and he would be permitted to benefit from a non-Jew who has happened to have Rismila. Because the term Ola is only something which refers to non-Jews. And interestingly, the Mishnah now brings Pesukim to prove this. Which at first glance seems a bit strange, since the entire principle of the past few Mishnahis has been that we follow Loshon Bene Adam, regardless of what the Torah uses that word for, what proof is there from a Pasuk? And the answer is that it's true that it's not a f- it's not a proof. However, if it also fits with Lashon Torah, so it's a proof that Ola can refer to specifically non-Jews. It's not a proof that it does, but it's a proof that it can. And then, because the reality is that in Lashon Bnei Adam that is also true, so indeed we go with the Lashon Torah because it matches up with the Lashon Bnei Adam. So the Mishnah says, Shneimah, as the Pasuk says, Because all non-Jews are Arelim, and all of the Jewish people are considered to be Arelim in their hearts. There's a Pasuk in Yirmiyah talking about how the Jewish people weren't necessarily sincere. But the point is, we see that the non-Jews are known as Arelim. However, the truth is, there's not a real proof from this Pasuk. Because it could be that the Arelim, which describes the non-Jews over here, also refers to them being not sincere. Just like at the end of the Pasuk, the Jewish people are called Arlelev. Maybe Arelim, when it refers to the non-Jews, means the same thing. And because of that, the Mishnah brings another Pasuk, the Omer and the Pasuk elsewhere. In Shmuel, when referring to Goliath, who fought with David, so the Torah refers to Goliath as Vahoyahaplishti Ha'orel Hazer. This Plishti who is an Orel. So here we're certainly not talking about how he wasn't sincere, and that Pasuk is really talking disparagingly about um, Goliath. So we see that the word Arelim and Orel is a way to refer to non-Jews disparagingly. So we have a proof from the Pasuk that the word Orel is a way to refer to non-Jews. However, the truth is not a real proof from here, because it could indeed be that Goliath did not have a brismila, and it's quite likely that he didn't have a brismila, so it could still be that he was calling him an Orel because he didn't have a brismila. Therefore, the Mishnah brings another pasuk, the Omer, and the pasuk says elsewhere in Shmuel, when referring to the entire nation of Pelishtim, Pentismach no Benesar Pelishtim, in case the daughters of the nation of Pelishtim will rejoice, Pentalizno Benesar Arelim, in case those girls will 
rejoice and it refers to them as Benosa Arelim, daughters of Arelim. And now referring to the entire nation as Arelim. Now certainly there were a few members who had a Brismilah, or perhaps who were born without the need for a Brismilah. So the fact that we're referring to the entire nation as Arelim, that shows that this is a term which can just be used to refer to non-Jews in a disparaging way. As Bilozo ben Azariah says, The concept of Orla, of not having a brismila, is considered disgusting and it's considered to be shameful. And proof of that is that we see that wicked people are referred to in a disparaging way using the term Orla. As the Pesach says, that which we brought above, because all of the non-Jews are Arelim. Now, after we brought that statement, the Mishnah now brings a few more statements about the greatness of the bris milah. Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Shmuel says, The concept of bris milah is great. That 13 covenants were made regarding the bris milah, and this is learnt from the fact that the word bris appears 13 times in the part of the Torah where Hashem commands Avram Avinu about the bris milah. Alright, Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Yosef says, G'dolah milah, milah is great, that it overrides Shabbos, which is considered very strict. As long as the eighth day of the baby's life falls on Shabbos, then the bris milah is done on Shabbos, even though in general it's forbidden to draw blood or to do such an act on Shabbos. Rabbi Yosef ben Karcha, Rabbi Yosef ben Karcha says, G'dolah milah, bris milah is great. Shalai nisalai l'meisha had tzadik aleham le'sha'ah, that all of the merits of Moshe the tzadik he couldn't rely on his merits even for one hour. And this is referring to the story in Parashat Shemais, where at the end of his journey back to Mitzrayim, when he stayed in the inn, so he first set up his tent before giving his child a bismillah. And a snake came and tried to kill him. And we see from this slight delay in performing the brismilah, we see how severe that was considered to be, even for Moshe Rabbeinu. Rabbi says, Brismila is considered great that it overrides the prohibition of cutting off one's tzara'as. And this is even if the brismila is not done on the eighth day. If somebody has not yet had a brismila and he happens to have tzara'as in the place where the brismila is done, although in general it's forbidden to cut off the, bris- the tzara'as, in this case it would be permitted. Rebbe Omer Rebbe says, G'dolo Mila, Mila is great, that despite all of the mitzvahs which Avram Avinu did, and he kept all of the Torah, he wasn't considered to be complete ad shamal until Hashem commanded him to perform Rismila, and indeed he did. Shenemar, because the Pasuk says, when Hashem commanded him about the Brismila, then it says, There Hashem tells him, Walk in front of me and you will be complete. Alright, and finally, another explanation, G'dolah Milah, Bismillah is great, that were it not for Bismillah, Hashem would not have created the entire world, as the Pasuk says, Hashem, so says Hashem, if it were not for my covenant of day and night, which the Mishnah is understanding to refer to the Bismillah, which somebody has throughout the day and the night, were it not for that, all of the laws of nature, the heaven and the earth, I would not have placed in the world. And so we see from there that the world was created only because there would be a Bismillah later on. This is not the simple interpretation of the Pasuk over there, but this is how the Mishnah is interpreting that Pasuk. Although in general, a neder forbids all benefit from somebody else, one can also define that his neder only includes benefit which leads to food. And the Mishnah says, There is no difference between somebody who makes a neder not to benefit at all from his friend, to somebody who makes a neder not to derive any benefit which leads to food from that person. There is no difference except for a couple of things. Reason being, 
that if I were to give him, let's say, money, for example, he could take that money and then buy food with that money. So the money would be benefits which can lead to food. So the only differences would be El Adrisa Saregel, which literally means treading his feet on the other person's property, that somebody who is only forbidden to benefit from things which will lead to food is permitted to go into the other person's property. And she is allowed to borrow utensils and items which have nothing to do with food preparation. As the mission now explains, one who's forbidden to benefit from that which leads to food benefit from his friend. So he can't lend that person a sieve, this is another type of sieve, a millstone, a tanner, or an oven, because all of these are to do with the food preparation. But he can lend him some sort of shirt, a tabas, or a ring, a talis, or a cloak, or a zomim, or nose rings, or earrings and anything which its function is not for food preparation. Of course, you can't give him this as a gift, because then you could take it and sell it for food. But if you're just lending it to him, then it's permitted. However, there is a condition, because in a location where the custom would be that people would rent these things out, people would rent out, let's say, a cloak, in such a place, also it's forbidden to lend him the cloak, because the fact that you're giving it to him without making him pay means that you're saving him that money. So that money which he would have had to pay in order to use it, he now gains by not having to pay it, and he can use that money to buy food. And so that would be considered to be benefiting him with a benefit which can lead to food, and such scenario would be forbidden.